want apple juice. Lucas wants apple juice. I know, I heard him can say I that. Can I have apple juice? Yeah, you can have apple juice. Can I have soda? Yes, you can have soda. Can I press that button? No, you can't press that button. Why? Because that's going to play the theme song. I'm not ready to start Click. the pot. What is up, guys? James Gutman here on High Pod. I'm Dad. Welcome back to another edition of the podcast. Every Friday, all streaming services, highpodomdad.com. Thank you so much for, um, I don't know, taking the time to listen, being a part of this show for the last few years. It has meant a lot to me. I love doing this every single Friday, coming in here, getting a chance to speak out, talk about some things that are going on. It's been a great week for me. I'm in a great mood. Uh, As you guys know, you read the blogs. I do my blogs twice a week. I love doing that. I started a new job this week um, in my life for work. I like to write. I like to edit. And for a long time, I've been doing editing for different websites, as you guys know, uh, different subjects, whether it's parenting, pregnancy, things like that. This week, I started a a big job as a writer for Freedom Care. If you guys don't know Freedom Care, it's a company that if you want to have a caregiver, and you want to get paid through Medicaid, they facilitate that. So it's good work done for people who need assistance. I feel good doing it. it. makes me happy to be able to help out. And I love it. I've been really happy. This has been years and years and years in the making. I've been through a lot the last few years, rebuilding my life, feeling a lot like, you know, early 90s New York Yankees, just rebuilding everything around me. And it's been difficult. I'll be honest with you guys, and I've talked about it, I've written about it, the struggles that I've had with, I don't know, yeah, mental health, I guess you could just say it out loud now, everyone's kind of open about mental health, so we could talk about it, you guys know I've written blogs about it, I'm bipolar, BP1, the kind of thing that you hear it and people don't really understand what it means, there's aspects to it across the board, uh, with BP1, with bipolar 1, what separates it from bipolar 2 is that people with bipolar 2 have depression, and it's called bipolar depression. Bipolar 1 has that. But you have to have had at least one manic kind of episode in your life, which I did. Manic isn't defined. I think a lot of people define it wrong. They think that you have to, you know, sell everything in your house or buy everything from the store. Like, you have to end up at rock bottom after a manic episode. And it's really not that. It's about, you know, staying awake. It's about really just being so wired up. And I went through that, you know, especially when I was younger, was where a lot of my manic episodes manifested. And I've been lucky in the sense that as I've gotten older, I know when I'm feeling like, you know, rip raring, ready to go. And I've learned to channel that into work and into family and into, you know, cleaning. My house gets really clean when I'm like that. So it's not necessarily the most negative thing in the world for me to have to deal with this. What is difficult to deal with is the depression aspect of it. And that's something that throughout my life I've dealt with. And it's tough For those of you out there who struggle with mental illness, struggle with depression, one of the problems that comes along with mental health as opposed to physical health is that there are real reasons behind it. You know, mental health isn't just simply, you know, oh, I have an injury in my brain or something's off. Things that you go through affect it. And my life has been difficult. I've written about it. It's the kind of thing that I don't feel day to day. And I try to find the positives to it. I always try to find silver linings. I always try to stay happy. But 
There have been many things that I've written about and I've talked about that would cause somebody else to be depressed or to go through some of the the downfalls that I've been through, you know? Even one of these things. I know people who have had one of these things. I've been I've been divorced. I'm estranged from my family growing up. My son is, you know, nonverbal with autism. I had a quintuple bypass at 35 years old. I can't eat the foods that I, I used to love and I can't do a lot of things that I, I used to love to do. I've struggled with things. I don't have a safety net. You know, if the time comes and I have to pay my rent and I can't pay my rent, I'm screwed, you know? And I know, look, I have been lucky enough in the last two years during this rebuilding year to find people in my life that I consider family. Lauren, Christian, I've talked about them before. My son's best friend, his mom, love them both. Uh, Her family, they've become my family. But it's been a long time coming. And I didn't have that safety net when I first got divorced. I don't, I haven't really fully talked about it, I don't know if I ever will, but leaving the comfort of that life was difficult and it was scary. And it was kind of like jumping out of an airplane without knowing if you had a parachute. And that's always kind of what I felt like. But my whole life, it has always kind of been that that depression aspect at certain times, you know. I also went through, you know, childhood abuse. I've I've written about that. I've talked about it, physical, emotional, um, mental, verbal, all that stuff. Holidays were rough and terrible. And when you come out of those things and you end up hating Christmas, it's one thing to hate Christmas for no reason. People go, oh, that's a mental health issue. But if you hate Christmas because you went through some really crappy Christmases, that could still be a mental health issue. It affects you. It's cumulative, you know. And I struggled with it. I struggle with a lot of different things in my life. Thoughts. We all have dark, dark thoughts. And I've had dark thoughts. And I haven't spoken about this in the podcast. And I, I was always hesitant to do it. I didn't know if I should, if I could, how to do it. One of my best friends in the entire world. I'm not going to name who or what. As you guys know, I've lost a lot of people in my life. I've lost... um you know, friends, I've lost childhood bullies, I've lost enemies, like it's just weird. It's just been for some reason, the, the number of people around my age range who I've interacted with who have passed away is abnormally high, you know. And one of my best friends in the world killed himself many years ago. And it was, and probably still is, one of the hardest things I've ever had to wrap my head around. And I felt a sense of responsibility for it because when I was younger as I said before I've dealt with these dark thoughts I'm bipolar one you know so I've talked about this especially when I was younger when you're in that grunge phase and all that stuff and I remember having conversations with this person and other people too but this person specifically about feeling that way and the feelings of suicide and hearing it back from him about it echoing the things that I'm saying and I remember to this day I always remember a conversation that I had with him when I had said, I was really at a low point. I said, you know, bro, I'm, I just wish some days that I would be like in a gas station or at a store and someone would try to rob the place. Because if they did, I would jump that person. And then one of two things would happen. Either I'd be a hero or he'd kill me and I'd just be dead. And he looked at me the most serious look in his face. And he goes, bro, I wish that every single day. And it was a bonding thing for us. You know, it was like, I get him, you get me, you know, that kind of thing. We got each other. We understood each other. And it was always, 
especially when you're younger, it was never something that I planned out. I was never writing notes or buying, you know, materials or, you know, I'm going to do it this way. I'm going to do that. Like there was never a planned, you know, I'm going to kill myself kind of a thing. But it always kind of like hovered in my head. You know, I was serious in saying that. Like if I was in a 7-Eleven, someone tried to rob the place, I would have jumped on that person and tried to either be a hero or be killed. And I remember when he did it, when he committed suicide a couple of years later. I remember being surprised by it, being shocked by it. He used to have this line that he would say that was, screamers never jump and jumpers never scream. So I always thought that since he and I spoke about it, he just wouldn't do it. It wouldn't, it wouldn't happen. But he did. And I remember at the time coming back to this place that I hadn't been in a while and interacting and seeing the people that he had surrounded himself with, some dregs, man, honestly. Some of them were still good, but there's a lot of shitty, shitty people people who went through his stuff as soon as he was gone, trying to find stuff that they could keep, you know, trying to rent out his room, all this stuff. It was like immediate. This one guy lived with him, wouldn't take off at work to go to the funeral. It's a lot of crap. I felt responsible. I'm like, I left him with these people because I, we had kind of, we had spoken. I had seen him recently, but we had kind of fallen off from where we were. And I felt bad about it. And returning for the funeral, a friend of mine, she had said, The one thing that I was told about this is that as soon as you know somebody who kills himself, you never think of suicide the same way again. And in my life, that has been one of the most moving statements that I've ever taken with me because it's so true. The way suicide affects everybody is so different than you envision before you experience it. A common thought that you have when you're in that mindset, something that I had then was if I do this, they'll get it. This'll be, this'll be what'll show everybody. All the people who've hurt me, they'll be like, oh, look what happened. And I, I learned when this happened to me and to my friend, the people that he wanted to hurt, they didn't give a shit. They didn't, they didn't care. Um, This girl he was dating started dating other people in his group and and nobody cared. All the people who really should have put it upon themselves, people who genuinely played a role in hurting him and, you know, eating away at him. They didn't even think twice. It was people like me who I haven't, hadn't really been around him enough to contribute to it and had always done positive things that beat myself up. His family and his friends and the people who really genuinely loved him were the ones that were hurt. And I learned that. I saw that. I realized that there was a huge jump from talking about it to doing it. Because I I don't know. I don't think I, w- I would ever have done it. And I, I wouldn't do it now. You know? But I thought about it. It entered my head. There'd be a little voice inside my head telling me I should do it. Things like that would happen when I was younger, especially. And I remember that I had a teacher in high school. It's one of the stupidest things I always remember. And it, it's, it's funny to say that it's stupid because I know that a lot of you guys listening to this have heard this from other people too. Uh, he was one of the teachers in school and he goes, let me tell you guys something, right? If anything ever happens to you when you grow up, if you die in a car accident or whatever, I will always, you know, I, I will love you and I will go to your funeral and I will do. But if you kill yourself, I'll never think about you again. 
I'll never talk about you. I'll never, you know, I won't, you won't even enter my mind. And even then I remember thinking to myself, who, so what? Like, is that going to be it? Like, I can't, I can't kill myself because Mr. Simmons isn't going to tell stories about me. Nobody cares, dude. And that's what I think is missing in the understanding a lot of people have about suicide. Because we say things like, oh, it's selfish. This person did something so selfish. And I get that, dude. It's selfish. And one of the things that I always would tell myself, you know, especially as I got older, I'm like, I'm not going to do anything. I have these kids and you can't put that upon them. And that's true, man. You shouldn't do it. And it's selfish to do that and all this other stuff. But when I hear about somebody who does it, who has children, I always think to myself, what kind of pain do you have to be in to make that decision given what your life is? To make that decision is a, I can't even fathom it. And I'm somebody who's thought about suicide. I've, and I can't even fathom doing it when you have loved ones who rely and who care about you and, and people who need you to be able to do it. What does that say about the mental state that they're in? And that in and of itself should be all you need to know about the mental health aspect of it. And it's one of the things that I do like about the society we live in today. Look, don't get me wrong. I don't love cancel culture. I don't like the idea that, you know, Louis C.K. had to like claw his way back into society. I don't like the fact that some of these wrestlers that I enjoyed watching can't work anymore ever again because they they did some stupid thing or whatever. So cancel culture sucks. And I totally get that. But what I do like about today's society is the openness that we have when it comes to mental health. I like the openness that we have about suicide. I like the fact that I could write a blog about how I'm bipolar and I don't have people looking at me weird. I like the fact that my son, who's nonverbal with autism, can go out and when he when he yells or claps or screeches or you know does whatever stimming noise that he does, people don't stare at us. And that's something that's changed even in the last 10 years because when he was a baby and he was young and those things happened, I remember seeing people stare once in a while or deal with that kind of nonsense. You don't really deal with it anymore. So that's good. And that's why if you're listening to this, honestly... And you struggle with this, know a couple of things. First, you're not by yourself. You feel like you're by yourself, and that's understandable. Who doesn't? Thoughts like that are so dark, so bizarre, you know? And what makes it really hard is that when you go to somebody to talk about it and they don't get it, you never feel more alone than you do in that moment, you know? You go to somebody, I don't know, man, I'm just not feeling it. I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm having these really crazy thoughts. I think you got to get some air, man. You just got to get up. Find something you love to do and do it. It's like, dude, you you don't get it. Nobody gets it. I'm here to tell you people do get it. You don't know who they are because we don't, you don't wear a a t-shirt that says, I get it. I understand (laughs) suicide prevention. But those people exist. And now more than ever, there are resources everywhere everywhere, whether it's online, whether it's, you know, interacting with people on a, on a message board. When I had my heart surgery, I remember I did this. I had, I was really down after my heart surgery. That was hard. I thought I was dead. I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to die. That's it. I'm never going to be able to be de-stressed. I'm just going to die or whatever. And you're, I knew too, that when you have major heart surgery or major surgery, your brain doesn't bounce back right away. And you go through a lot of depressing and upsetting times. And I went online anonymously and I went to a message board about heart surgery and it was a support group. I've never done this. I didn't do this before then and I haven't done it since then. It was the one time I did it. And I remember as somebody who's all over the internet, you guys can Google me and my face comes up, my kids come, everything comes up. Like I'm, I'm, my life is out there. 
And even before then, before my heart surgery, I was doing, you know, pro wrestling. I was out there. JG's were on Saturday. And it was one of the first times I ever got a chance to be anonymous on the internet. And I had an anonymous account and I wrote and I didn't care about punctuation. I didn't care about spelling or grammar. I told my story and I voiced all my frustrations with my lack of support. It was a real lack, real lack of support at the time and um, just feeling terrible about a lot of things. And people helped me. People turned around. And I said, breathe, relax. I understand where you're coming from. That exists. And I keep thinking about it, man, because I don't, there's things that I don't talk about on here. And this has been one of them, suicide and dealing with it, whether it's for SEO purposes or whatnot, of not wanting to bring it up. I've learned that in, in years too. Like, you know, I can write about suicide, but then my ranking is going to drop because it's a touchy subject. Um, but also on top of it, it just feels like something that's difficult to speak out on. And I felt like very much like my son when I didn't write about Lucas for a very long time. And I thought I'm shirking my responsibility of helping others dealing with this situation to know that they're not alone. Same thing here. You're not alone. And that's why I'm talking about it. Go out, reach out, talk to somebody. Don't make a decision that's going to affect only the people who love you. That's the biggest thing that I know and that I've learned. Things like that, taking your life, hurting yourself, all these things, they don't get to the people that you want to get to. They don't anger your old boss who is, you know, going to be sad now. Oh, I upset, I upset this guy and he killed himself. It's not going to make your bullies feel bad. It's not going to even make the people who are dismissive of you care. It's going to hurt the people who love you. And they're out there. We're all loved by somebody. Don't hurt those people. Reach out, find help. It exists. I don't know. And that's about it. I don't know what else to say about the subject. I really wanted to address this for a while. I don't know. Nothing really triggered it. Nothing behind it. Just kind of been weighing on my brain for a bit. So I did want to speak out about it. But yeah, like go to the National Suicide Prevention Hotline or the website. I'm going to have links for that in the description of this podcast. So hopefully you guys can reach out and find some help. Do what's right for you and do what's right for the people you love. I don't know, man. This world is, it's, it's a big world. There's a lot to get done. And I think sometimes when we get that hopeless feeling, there's nothing fun to do anymore. I've been in those moments where it's like, everything's like, eh, there's nothing to look forward to. Nothing's good. That's when you really need to reach out and have somebody readjust you. Say, hey, what about this? What about that? Somebody who understands. Sometimes you just need to say some things out loud. Whatever you need to do, medication. There's lots of things you could do. So do it reach out, make the right decisions before you make the wrong ones. That's what's best for everybody. Thank you for letting me do this today. Thank you for letting me speak to you and thank you for all your support. That does it for me, guys. Until next time, this is James Gutman saying, be well. Bye, pod. I'm done.